0: Hello, and welcome to The Buzz, a Bank Automation News podcast. My name is Brian Stone, and I'm the Associate Editor at Bank Automation News. Joining me today is Mike Sekitz, Co-Founder and Managing Director of the BTEC Consortium. Mike discusses how the fall of Silicon Valley Bank affected the entire banking industry, how SVB not having a chief risk officer played into its downfall, and the major factors that led to the bank's eventual collapse. Right.
1: I I think when... um when something like this happens, it's often not a simple answer. There's multiple causes and it's nuanced. Um, overall, there's a lack of confidence at the bank and depositors all got nervous at the same time and they all withdrew money at the exact same time. No bank can survive a run on deposits. And um, at Silicon Valley Bank, as has been you know reported, it happened incredibly fast. And that's because of a couple of things. You had a a concentrated um, depository base that all speak with each other, and they do it on social media, and it happens instantaneously, and they share that information. And it was incredible how fast information spread, how many people and emails were being circulated about, you better move your money out of this bank or that bank. I mean, that's scary for the banking system. you know, what were some of the causes that, you know, created the concern? You know, the fact that you had Silvergate Capital fail just a few days prior in, you know, what became a very high profile failure and based on the relative size and importance of Silvergate became political. So you had politicians weighing in, making acquisition accusations without having any facts, creating pressure on, on a bank. Yeah, that that's a bad thing, and then um, you know Silvergate's failure is common with you know what people were starting to analyze at Silicon Valley Bank. You know Silvergate did the same thing in you know last year. They because both companies are public, so another factor is when you have a public bank versus private bank. If Silicon Valley Bank is private, this probably doesn't happen. But because they're public. Um, and because Silvergate failed, because it it too decided to go long on its securities portfolio, extended out the duration, and then when the deposits started to run off, they had this built-in loss. Why do they have a loss? Because interest rates have risen at an unprecedented pace, right? And that's very difficult for any bank to manage. We're talking about securities portfolios, but on the loan side, those loans are, you know, that are fixed that aren't adjusting up fast enough, those loan books are undervalued as well. And no one's no one's really talking about that. So there's a there's a number of factors that lead to a loss of confidence and you know the again, social media. and, and then in addition, um, you know, the fact that we all have mobile banking and you can wire, you know, through the internet, you couldn't do that ten years ago. You used to have to go to the branch, they would check, you know, your ID, you had to sign. So, the pace at which people were able to actually get to their funds and move them to another bank was, it was incredible. Look at Washington Mutual, what, back in 2008? It was a 10 day bank run. And the depositors took out $16.7 billion versus the $43 billion that was taken out in one day. It's, no, no bank can suffer that sort of bank run, the Silvergate Bank and, and Silicon Valley Bank suffered and, and still live to talk about it.
0: You talked a little bit about this, but we've written some stories about, you know, Signature Bank, First Republic.
1: So there's also, there's also a perception in the marketplace around relative banks and how conservative they are. So Silicon Bank, you know, is pretty aggressive in certain aspects of its lending. They'll make loans that other banks will make. As an example, First Republic Bank is a very conservatively managed bank. And had trouble competing against Silicon Valley Bank because they wouldn't lend to startups. And so you have one of the things that I think is difficult with the, um, the seizure of, of Silicon Valley Bank is, you know, what do they do with the those those quirky loans that you know most banks wouldn't make? Those those lending practices were highly tied to the deposits, and um, it's difficult for a more traditional bank. The value of Silicon Valley banking practice because it, because it is so
0: different. So with that differing of, I guess, philosophy between, you know, Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic, why do you think that Silicon Valley Bank failing sort of led to that trickle down of First Republic also feeling it?
1: It's a, a natural competitor. It's also in the Bay Area. You know, they're, they're banking some of the same customers. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if you look at the financial strength of um, uh, First Republic, uh, they're stronger in almost every way. It's a much more conservative lender. They don't have um, the issue in their um, kind of held to maturity securities portfolio. It's nowhere near what Silicon Valley Bank had done. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I, I, I was stunned to find them, you know, um, in the same boat. You know, Silicon Valley Bank shouldn't have failed, but they, they made a major mistake in, in how they reinvested their securities portfolio. But to see First Republic, you know, also have a run, people standing outside the, the bank, it's, that's really, really scary. But, but it just goes to show that any bank is susceptible once a bank run starts. It doesn't necessarily make it, you know, their fault.
0: Signature. I'm not as familiar with their sort of lending strategy. What was it? What was it that kind of caused their collapse?
1: No, so they had just some unusual things. They they were the primary competitor to Silvergate Bank. They had a, a they were gathering deposits from crypto companies. They had an exchange much like the Silvergate Exchange. Uh, many of the customers that you know had to get off of Silvergate that were fleeing Silvergate were trying to you know get onto the the Signature platform. Um, is pretty significant part of their, their balance sheet. Um, you know, 15 billion out of 110 billion, something to that effect. Nothing like Silvergate, which was all, you know, was all deposits from the crypto community. It's inherently challenging, though, for community banks and regional banks and national banks of all sides to manage this rapid interest rate movement. And when you know a, a bank inherently has to take some risk it has to take some credit risk it has to take some interest rate risk. and um, the bank can't just be sitting there with cash you know waiting for all the deposits th- depositors to show up so they're ready to pay them out. They need they, they have to take some some duration risk. and when you have you have rates rise 450 basis points in 12 months. You can look at any bank's balance sheet closely and you're gonna see some cracks in it. Doing some more kind of a eclectic lending as well. I wouldn't put it all the way, you know, to where Silicon Valley is, but if you again in this environment, if you start looking too closely at a bank's balance sheet and start marking not just the securities portfolio, but the loan portfolio, the bank a bank can't can't afford to have deposits run off.
0: So one of the other things that I had seen about Silicon Valley Bank that I wanted to ask you about I'm sure it played a huge role but I read that they didn't have a chief risk officer for multiple months last year Yeah. do you think that was sort of to blame for for what happened
1: doesn't help (laughs) it's another you know you look at an airplane crash it's never one thing it's a series of things and not having a chief risk officer in place the timing of when she left is interesting hmm and you know, inside of um, these committees, inside the, the offices of banks, banks have had to make some very difficult decisions. And I'm sure there's been some fierce debates inside of these committees, and while it may not show up in the official record and notes, you know, she could have been on the other side of the discussion, a very heated discussion about what you do when ninety billion dollars of deposits shows up in a year, which you know, is unhealthy growth, it's growing too fast. And how do you deploy that? You know, she could have very well been on the side of, we got a ladder in. We can't just take all 90 billion and go long. We've got to keep the majority of that in, in, in short duration treasuries and ladder in. That's what, you know, it's easy to go 2020 here, but that would have been the more prudent strategy. And, and there's a scenario where she was on the other side of that debate uh, she lost the debate and said, "You know, I'm going to be quiet about this. I'll take my payout. I'll make it look like nothing happened." But I, I can't sit there in good conscience and allow the bank to to, to take this kind of duration risk. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's it's weird timing when she, when she left in April. It's right after a a meeting on risk. So you had the challenge on the on the on. You know how to deploy your deposits. You also have real challenges on how you're going to price your deposits to maintain them, and that's what we've seen community banks really struggle with over the last nine months. Is you know they'll have big depositors come into them saying, you know, you've had my money for virtually free for ten years now. I've got offers to go across the street and get four or five percent. What are you going to do for me? And so those banks are they're put in a tough spot. They're like to hold those deposits they had to be very, you know, proactive, reactive, and put together pricing plans that, that put stress on their margins, put stress on the bank. So, so you, so you price. I mean, just to put this in, like, what they're really faced with, you're a small community bank, you've got one of your biggest customers has got 10 million in your bank, it's like, I, I got to move it, I, I got to go get a better rate. You go out on a limb, right? You go, okay. I'll make you, I'll make you whole. I got a I price up at four and a half. We, your book might not be, your loan book might not be yielding that. A, lo- a large part of your securities portfolio might only be yielding 2%. You're really putting pressure on your margins and, it, and it, it makes banking riskier.
0: You've been listening to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. Please follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And as a reminder, you can rate this podcast on your platform of choice. Be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com.